welcome to Come Follow Me with Bree, episode 74, Righteous Desires. Hello, everyone. This week, I am going to talk about just a couple of verses of Abraham 1. Now, in all of our reading this week, there is so much detail and so much story and so much more than I'm going to cover. And so I encourage you to listen to some of those podcasts that really dive deep into that awesome, amazing, cool history because there's so much out there. But again, I'm just going to focus on a couple of verses because I think we can learn so much from Abraham's initial attitude and frame of mind that we're introduced to here in the beginning. I'm going to start by reading you the scriptures that I want to focus on today. This is Abraham describing why he decided to leave the land that he was born into and search for something better. Starting in verse 1, In the land of the Chaldeans, at the residence of my father, I, Abraham, saw that it was needful for me to obtain another place of residence. And finding there was greater happiness and peace and rest for me, I sought for the blessings of the fathers, and the right whereunto I should be ordained to administer the same, having been myself a follower of righteousness, desiring also to be one who possessed great knowledge, and to be a greater follower of righteousness, and possess a greater knowledge, and to be a father of many nations, a prince of peace, and desiring to receive instructions, and to keep the commandments of God, I became a rightful heir, a high priest, holding the right belonging to the fathers. Now that we have Abraham's initial frame of mind at the forefront at the beginning of this chapter, I want to talk about something that has been sticking in my mind ever since I listened to a very special soundtrack the other day. And now to introduce it, I want to sing you a little ditty to see if you can identify the movie before I tell you. We are not the ordinary, fearlessly extraordinary, working righteous Harry Carey in our humble way. <laughs> I'm not even sure if those notes are right. But please tell me that you grew up with Saturday's Warrior. It was the best in so many ways. And some of the depictions of the pre-mortal life and how that all works uh, is definitely not very doctrinally sound, but it's certainly a fun show to watch and has a lot of good lessons in it to be learned. I highly recommend, especially if you haven't shown it to your kids before. It's just on YouTube. Go watch it. It's so fun. I think I'm going to force my kids to watch it tonight, but I, I don't necessarily recommend the remake. So make sure you're watching the original which is just basically on a, a stage. Okay, just in case you very sadly did not grow up with Saturday's Warrior, I'll just give you a little tiny summary. So the movie is really a recorded play, like I said. They are on a set the entire time. It starts off in the pre-mortal existence, which looks basically like they're walking on clouds. It shows a family of brothers and sisters, and their parents are already down on Earth, and these spirit children are waiting to go down to Earth. And... It also shows one of those siblings, Julie, with her future eternal companion, Todd. And they sing a very romantic song, which I just love the song so much. I almost want to just like burst out in the song right now, but you guys should just go listen to it. <laughs> and the song just promises that they'll find each other down on earth. It also shows a missionary companionship that will eventually teach Todd the gospel because he will not be born into a family who has the gospel. Anyway, so they all go down to earth and they start to live their lives and we get to see how that plays out. Like I said, it is certainly not necessarily always doctrinally sound, but it is a fun play and it has so many awesome songs and really good messages. Okay, so my favorite character in that movie is Todd, who is taught the gospel. So Todd, who is Julie's future eternal companion. 
his character development in this cheesy play is so good, or at least I love it so much. When we first meet Todd, he's kind of aimlessly wandering through life and he wants a purpose and he wants something better. He knows that there must be something more. And he's a sketch artist. And as he's sketching the portrait of a man who he's imagining has it all together and has it all figured out and knows what he's doing, he sings a song that talks about the struggle that's going on within himself. I've always loved this song. I think the lyrics are so beautiful and so applicable to every person, whether you have the gospel in your life right now or not. Now, I'm going to read it more as a poem. I'm not going to sing it to you. I'm sorry. I know you got excited, but I'm, I'm going to read it. And I want you guys to really listen and think about these lyrics. I take some paper in my hand and with a pencil draw a man, the dream of what I'd really, really like to be. A man with courage in his brow, who's licked his doubts and fears somehow. A warrior of great nobility. But who am I? Just a wandering kid. A cipher on the wall, not even brave at all. And where's my dream like his that I would fight for? And where's my cause like his that I would die for? And in his eyes, he's not afraid. Because you see, he's got it made. The dream of what I'd really, really like to be. A brave and noble, fiery youth who's not afraid to die for truth. Who's tall and straight, but best of all, he's free. But who am I? Such a fool as I am. A cipher on the wall, not even brave at all. And where's my dream like his that I would fight for? And where's my cause like his that I would die for? But still the paper's in my hand, and every day I sketch that man who knows the truth and what life's all about. My conscience says I should be him. I guess I could at least begin, but chances are I'd probably strike out. Okay, so we have a young man who didn't grow up in the gospel. His dad died when he was young, and he was raised by his single mother. And as we see him in the play, he's spiritually lost and searching for something more. Have you ever felt like him? Even if you've had the gospel all your life and you, you know what you should know. You know what I mean? Like, I should know that I am a, a son or daughter of heavenly parents. I should know that the church is true. I should know that the Book of Mormon is true. Do you have an idea in your mind of who you think you should or want to be? How firmly you want to be centered in the gospel? How strong you want your testimony to be? How brave you want to be? Something to notice in that song. This person that he's imagining that he wants to be, it's not necessarily a realistic version of himself that he can jump to. He's dreaming of someone with courage who has conquered his fears and doubt. And he's a warrior of great nobility and he's not afraid. That's not something that any of us can just jump to. So it's pretty hard. It seems as you see someone else do that, it's pretty easy to identify that that's probably not a very realistic image ideal to compare yourself against. So for all of us, no matter where we are on our journey, that ideal that we all have in our head feels, can feel, out of reach. So as the play goes on, Todd meets a young man named Jimmy who does have the gospel and grew up in the church, and he doesn't know that, but Jimmy is in the midst of his own spiritual crisis, and he's left home to find himself. 
and Jimmy is sitting on a bench and Todd starts to sketch his portrait without Jimmy noticing. As Jimmy starts to stand up, Todd asks him if he would stay for just a moment longer so he can finish the sketch. Jimmy reluctantly agrees to stay, and after finishing, Todd hands Jimmy the sketch. And after looking at it for a moment, Jimmy scoffs at the picture and says, this isn't me, back to art school for you. And Todd retorts, it all depends on how you look at it. It's not you yet, maybe. And Jimmy replies, what is that supposed to mean? Todd then tells him that he doesn't draw people the way that they are. He tries to draw them the way that they could be. He's drawn Jimmy's eyes in a way that looks as though he knows where he's going and he knows what he's doing. And Jimmy himself feels lost. And so this doesn't isn't something he recognizes within himself. His jaw is set and he's strong and determined in the portrait. He challenges Jimmy by telling him that he is not this person yet. And he says, don't worry, I don't know where I'm going either. Jimmy then gets defensive and says, what makes you think that I don't know where I'm going? As a matter of fact, I do. Todd scoffs in disbelief saying, oh, come on, what are you doing hanging around here then? To find yourself? To experience freedom? I've tried all of that. What is freedom to you? And Jimmy says, you wouldn't understand. And Todd knowingly replies, like I said, you don't know where you're going. Jimmy then looks at the letter from his sister in his hand, and he repeats something that she said in the letter quietly, the truth that he knows from his heart. And he says, freedom is knowing who you are. Todd looks up, clearly touched by this answer, and Jimmy continues, after that, the rest will just straighten itself out if you really know who you are. So with that, I want to talk about someone who knew who they were. Abraham clearly knew about the gospel, was, as he says, a follower of righteousness. But it says in verse 3, My fathers, having turned from their righteousness and from the holy commandments which the Lord their God had given unto them, unto the worshiping of gods of the heathen, utterly refused to hearken to my voice. So in this terrible atmosphere, where he is completely out of sync with his family, Abraham clings to what he knows to be true. He knows who he is. So this is why Abraham decides that there must be something better, that there was more to life than this idolatrous life that he had been born into. So let's review the righteous desires of his heart as he leaves the place where he was born. He says, number one, and there's eight things that he says that he is seeking for. Finding there was greater happiness and peace and rest. That was number one. He sought after and found a place and an atmosphere where he could experience greater happiness, peace, and rest. Number two, he sought for the blessings of the fathers and the right whereunto he should be ordained to administer the same. So he sought for the covenants and the priesthood. Number three, he desired to be one who possessed great knowledge. Number four, he wanted to be a greater follower of righteousness. Number five, he wanted to be a father of many nations. Number six, he wanted to be a prince of peace. Number seven, he desired to receive instructions from God. And number eight, he desired to keep the commandments of God. I wonder what the period of life looked like internally for Abraham before he decides to leave. It sounds certainly like a very horribly, horrifically wicked atmosphere. And yet, he mustered up the determination and the pure desire for something better. And although our character Todd that we talked about before 
is in a completely different spiritual place. He doesn't know what he's looking for. He doesn't know about the gospel. There is something really amazing and admirable and similar to Abraham in his desire to seek for something better, to seek for righteousness, to seek for a cause to fight for and a truth he'd be willing to die for. So Abraham, being farther along in this journey than our character, our fictional character, Todd, he knows what he wants and he has a pure desire for the best that God has to offer. I think that we can learn something from Abraham's desires. Abraham was not aiming low. Sometimes I think out of a desire for for self-preservation that we don't quite aim as high as some of these prophets proclaim that they are aiming. I think sometimes that we feel like it feels prideful or like too much or, or that we think that we can be so great. But Abraham through a righteous desire, wanted to be someone who possessed great knowledge, receive instruction from God, to be a prince of peace, a father of many nations. He was aiming high because he clearly believed what God had promised the fathers. Do we believe that? Do we aim high because we believe what the Lord has promised us? Every week we take the sacrament to remember the sacrifice of the Savior to remember the atonement, to remember the very reason that we are able to repent, that we are able to get where God has promised us we can get. Alma 38 verse 9, I have told you that ye may learn wisdom, that ye may learn of me that there is no other way nor means whereby man can be saved, only in and through Christ. But we know that the path to exaltation doesn't end with repentance and the atonement. We have the opportunity like Abraham, to participate in with God the same covenants that our ancient forefathers made with God. Repentance is central. The atonement is central and crucial and necessary. But it is not the end of our journey here on earth and beyond. It is not the only thing necessary for exaltation. We have to enter into covenants. This is why we go to the temple. These covenants start with baptism and at the pinnacle of which is the new and everlasting covenant, meaning the covenant we make in the temple when we are sealed to an eternal companion. Those make up the covenant path that lead us to exaltation. Exaltation is to live the quality of life that our Heavenly Father lives. It is to be a joint heir of heaven with Jesus Christ. Our righteousness, our worthiness, our continual keeping the commandments of God and repenting when we break them is what keeps that covenant intact. And in those covenants, we are promised blessings. And these are not small blessings. Do we believe them? Do we believe them not just in theory as applied to other great noble people that we read about in the scriptures and hold up as ideals? Or do we believe them in application to ourselves? Do you believe that one day you can become like Jesus Christ through his grace? As Enoch said, thou hast made me and given unto me a right to thy throne, and not of myself, but through thine own grace. That applies to you too. Do you believe it? We can all righteously have the same desires of Abraham. Every single one of us, no matter where we are in that journey, you can desire and seek after greater happiness and peace through the Savior. 
The Lord wants you to earnestly pursue great knowledge. And the coolest part is he wants to give it to you. He wants you to get personal revelation and instruction from him. He wants you to have endless posterity. He wants you to be crowned with glory as a mother and father of many nations. Sounds pretty crazy to think about when you think about it as reality. I believe that our Father in Heaven cannot wait for us to grasp these concepts. The concept of our eternal destiny and purpose. Abraham clearly had an amazing grasp and wasn't shy to set out on his own and pursue righteousness as defined by the Father. Do you identify more with Abraham or more with Todd or Jimmy in Saturday's Warrior? I think that all of us listening, myself included, fall somewhere on that spectrum. Most of us are probably more in the middle. We all dream of what we would really like to be. This verse 2, as Abraham sets out to go off on his own to seek for something better, is him dreaming of who he really wants to be. And it required removing himself from the situation he was in. We all dream that we can be someone with courage whose doubts and fears are long defeated. But we all have times where we think, who am I? I'm not even brave. And why can't I lay hold and feel passionate and grasp a dream that I would fight for, that I would die for? We all want to not be afraid. We all want to feel like we've got it all figured out. We want to be a brave and a noble servant of God. We want to be someone like who we read about in the scriptures who's not afraid to die for truth, who's not afraid to be ridiculed for truth, who's determined and true and free of confusion and doubt, someone who, as Nephi said, shakes at the appearance of sin. And every day, we all dream of this ideal of who we want to be, someone who knows the truth and what life is about. And all of our consciences say, that should be me right now. And that's where we set ourselves up for failure in the first place. Because that's not who we should be right now. That leaves room for Satan to come in and trick us into thinking, no matter how well we're doing, no matter what we do, because we will always fall short right now, that we're going to fail, that we are failing again. And that's where we need to catch the spirit of Abraham. Abraham went through some pretty hard times. He pleaded with his family, but they, in verse 6, utterly refused to hearken to his voice, for their hearts were set to do evil. Christ was the only perfect man to ever live on the earth. Abraham wasn't perfect. If he held himself to this perfect ideal, do you think he would have failed? For sure, he would have. Abraham needed the atonement. Abraham messed up and kept going, and he caught hold of the dream that our Father in Heaven wants us all to catch hold of, a dream that has been had by the sons and daughters of God from the beginning. And that dream is the dream that will bring us the greatest happiness and peace, a dream that our Father in Heaven has for us, that we can become all that He has said that we can become. Believe Him and press forward with a steadfast faith in Christ. Helaman 5.12 Remember, remember, that it is upon the rock of our Redeemer who is Christ, the Son of God, that ye must build your foundation, that when the devil shall send forth his mighty winds, yea, his shafts in the whirlwind, yea, when all his hail and his mighty storm shall beat upon you, 
it shall have no power over you to drag you down to the gulf of misery and endless woe, because of the rock upon which ye are built, which is a sure foundation, a foundation whereon if men build, they cannot fall. And I say these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.